Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. Oh, uh, so Luke, I, I think it probably goes without saying that uh, there have to be a portion of our listeners who... Um, Listen to Scooby Dudes on their phones. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably the majority of our listeners. That's certainly how I listen to all of my podcasts. Thinking about it that way, every week uh, there are there are people out there, men, women, whatever else, who pick up their phones, expecting to see or to receive from us some uh, so, some Scooby news. Some Scooby news. Oh, uh, what, what's the what's the term? Scooby news is good news. They say, uh, they, they requested, please send news, and we have f- fulfilled that request. We, we've got good news and Scooby news. Which do you want to have first? The good news is that we've got Scooby news. So now we'll give you the Scooby news. Um, but first, we'll tell you a little bit about ourselves. How about that? Oh, yeah. yeah we, we should definitely do that. <laughs> so we're the Scooby dudes. We're two best friends who are here today to talk to you about our favorite meddling kids. And their dumb dog, too. Uh, my name is Evan. I am... My name is Luke. Doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. Really, Evan, because, I mean, we're, I'll, I'll just break the news that today we're going to talk about an upcoming flick that's going to be starring just Daphne and Velma live action. And when, before we started recording this, you told me we'd have to get right into it because you were afraid you were going to throw up at some point. So what about a movie with just two women okay. that takes the men Don't out of it? Talk makes about, you... like, when you talk about throwing up, it makes me think about throwing up. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely sorry about that, man. I don't want to put that on your mind. That said, you're exactly right. Um, dearly beloved, we have gathered here today to discuss a news item. Uh, and we typically don't do this, but the news broke a little while ago, just in, within the past week. I believe it, Variety um, covered it on the 28th of November. And we definitely thought this was worth discussing because, yeah, first of all, a Scooby-Doo... Like like live action like film like in theaters is worth talking about. That hasn't happened for quite a few years yet. I mean, we had Scooby Doo Monster Island. That was what, what 2012, 2002. Uh, j- yeah, just the Scooby Doo movie, 2002. Yeah, and then Two- oh yeah, 2002. Um, the sequel came out sometime after that, which had to be direct to video. I don't think that thing touched a single it, theater. I'm pretty sure it came out in theaters. Oh really? Wow. The thing with the, uh, I mean, like you said, this would be a big deal whatever kind of live-action Scooby movie came out and would be next coming out. The fact that this is prospectively going to be, or I think confirmed it's going to be, just Daphne and Velma, at least the movie's focusing just on them, that's a huge deal. This is the first time this has ever happened in Scooby-Doo history, as far as I know. If you go to our website, ScoobyDudes.com, I'm going to put a link to this article, but I thought it would be helpful if... um... If, if I went over some of the broad strokes, and then we can discuss it more in detail. Yes, because we do know some details about how this movie is being framed. Uh, so why don't you lay it on us? Uh, so one thing that maybe is worth keeping in mind, or that I think is interesting, is that this is being produced by, um, by Blonde Girl Productions, which is... Ashley and Jennifer Tisdale. Yeah, Ashley Tisdale of uh, Phineas and Ferb fame. <laughs> <laughs> not, not High School Musical. Well, okay... If if you think about like this, the amount of time, she voiced, I, I don't even know her name, Phineas and Ferb's sister for much longer than she was ever Sharpay. 
She did. For tenure, it's Phineas and Ferb. I think for name recognition and overall, like, face recognition, it's got to be High School Musical. She was Sharpay in High what School do you Musical. Mean, what do you mean face recognition? Face recognition. Her Phineas and Ferb character is based on her actual Looks face. exactly like her. The the incredibly pointy nose, the otherwise complete... Like, she, her silhouette genuinely does look like the PBS icon. <laughs> Luke, everyone knows that... Um, when it came to Phineas and Ferb, they did something that was a little bit unprecedented. They actually based all of the characters off of their voice actors. Yeah, in fact, they got Andy Serkis in to show everybody how they wanted to do all the motion capture technology. They, uh, yeah, they, they charted I, every I, motion in that show. And I don't know if it's Phineas or Ferb. Oh, yeah, it's all rotoscoped. <laughs> it's all rotoscoped, yeah. <laughs> Which is why uh, sometimes they're running and you can kind of see <laughs> that herky-jerky we, motion. We need to do a, a purely rotoscope bit. We've talked so much rotoscope. I love rotoscope conversations. If you don't know what that is, let's check the show notes. I'm sure Evan will have some interesting tidbits for you there. Yeah. Um, Ashley Tisdale, uh, Blonde Girl Productions. Um, it's currently shooting right now, and it's it's going to be released uh, in 2018. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Real quick. I think it looks like Blondie Girl Productions just point of clarification yes you're you're correct thank you for catching that no problem. Yeah, um 2018 that's not far off so uh i i'm just gonna read this paragraph and then and then we'll we'll break it down um yeah lay it on us daphne and velma and that i guess is the working title it's it's not great i'm hoping that they change it closer to release but daphne and velma tells the story of daphne blake and velma dinkley before they team up with scooby and the rest of the mystery incorporated gang the mystery-solving teens are best friends, but have only met online. Until Daphne transfers to Velma's school, Ridge Valley High, stocked with high-tech gadgetry by the school's benefactor, tech billionaire Tobias Bloom. While their peers vie for a, covet- for a coveted internship at Bloom's company, Daphne and Velma try to uncover the reason why the school's brightest students are disappearing, only to emerge again in a zombified state. Or sorry, let me read it the way it's spelled here. Zombified state. <laughs> they did they hyphen that. They did. They did. Unnecessary. Wow, that's a that's actually a lot of plot detail. They're they're tipping the hand with there. And they're really. And there's a. They're hmm. really strongly hinting that Tobias Bloom is the villain. <laughs> yeah. oh, I I want to get way into that plot. Do we want to get any more detail out on this uh, ahead of time? I think that's that's really the main things. Uh, one last thing, and I, I don't know if, like, our, our listeners will be familiar with them. I certainly was not. Um, Sarah Jeffrey will be Daphne, and Sarah Gilman will be Velma. So we have two Sarahs. Um, and, uh, you know what? I, I think that we can, we can sort of discuss this a little bit. The casting? You and I have done, what, two fan cast episodes. We've cast... We've both cast uh, Velma and Daphne with with various actors. Sure have. Uh, but I, I do think it's worth noting in, in that in a number of like the direct-to-video or direct-to-TV uh, movies that they've done, they've decided to make um, Velma, uh, I don't think full Asian, but like part Asian. At, at least part Asian. It's it, Can we talk about that for just a minute? The fact that they, they want to bring a little bit of uh, ethnic variety into Scooby-Doo. Understandably, it's a very white original cast, and that does need a change-up. But the fact that they always choose Velma, the brainy one, to be Asian, is a little... It feels a little racist, to be frank. I, I don't disagree with you. It seems, it seems too easy. Yeah. It's like... Um, 
it's like when they were doing Inhumans, like ABCs Inhumans, which I heard did horribly, and I'm not surprised by that. Um, but mm. you have um, characters like uh, uh, like like Karnak is like inscrutable and good at martial arts, and Gorgon is very large. And as soon as I found out that they were doing like mixed casting or whatever, I was like, oh, Karnak's Asian and Gorgon is black. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. And that's what they did. Was that that was that was the case? Okay, yeah. And and, and yeah, I I think there are these sort of like unspoken stereotypes. Uh, some of them are actually a bunch of them are spoken, but there are these like stereotypes that exist in like the public consciousness. And I think that when you cater to them, it always looks. I was gonna say easy, but more accurately, lazy. Yeah, it. I agree. It looks lazy. And uh, man, I bet dollars to donuts <laughs> the guy with supernatural leadership abilities was white, and a guy on top of that. Uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's disappointing in that kind of sense. Um, so yeah, I think making Velma Asian is a little bit too easy. That said... And it's not a very creative way of injecting color into the show. No, no, it's not. Um, I I don't know what these two will look like. Uh, they haven't released any like stills or anything. Variety has uh, pictures of both of them, but I do not think they chose very good ones. Good pictures? I thought you meant women. I don't think they chose... I'm glad they chose women, but I don't think they chose good ones. Sarah, Sarah Gilman is from a show on Family, or it aired here in Canada on Family, called I Didn't Do It, that I actually thought was a pretty decent show. All of those kids have gone on to do, like, other things. Um, I think another one of the girls on that show is now in Fox's Gifted, but they're, yeah, they, they really use that as a springboard. Well, let's, can we talk just briefly on how they chose, who they chose? Like you said, we've done fan casting ourselves. I think we've had some great picks in the past for who we chose for Daphne and Velma. The ages factor into the show, the, the movie here a little bit because they're in high school, I think you mentioned. Yeah, I, I, I assume it has to be high school, right? That's the whole thing is that, like, they're, they're teens. Mm. Um, the internship thing threw me off a little bit, but I guess you can do an internship when you're in high school. I, uh, sure. Yeah, I think a, a lot of high school series kind of are functionally colleges for how serious the academics seem to be. I, I buy Sarah Gilman, I think that's who, I'm, I'm picking the right person, as Velma. Yes, and she played a, she played a similar character on I Didn't Do It. Mm. She was more of like the weird, the weird bookish girl. So they, they've typecast her a little bit, actually. Yeah, well, I guess they know she can pull that off. The, uh, I mean, Daphne as Jeffrey, Jeffrey as Daphne, excuse me, um, I, I'm not sure on that one. I, I guess I'd have to see the complete get-up. I'm going to accuse you a little bit right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on blast. Do it. Uh, even though I have no confirmation of this being the case, do you not think Sarah Jeffrey is hot enough to be Daphne? Oh, you know, I, I was just refraining of saying, because I feel like this is a sexist thing I do. I should come out and acknowledge it, where every time we're talking about people, for me especially women because I'm straight, I say whether I think they're attractive or not, which is not something I need to do. But historically, I find Velma more attractive than Daphne, so that's... And I think Sarah Gilman is very attractive, so... You think Sarah Gilman is more attractive than Sarah Jeffries? More attractive. So, in that sense, they are both good Daphnes and Velmas, because <laughs> I find Velma more attractive in this case. It's consistent with that, your personal preferences. This is consistent with how the characters should be for me. So, yeah, the fact that I'm uninterested in Daphne is correct. Um, please forgive me, because that's... Whether they're attractive to me or not shouldn't dictate whether they're cast correctly. Um, I, I, I do think it will they did good it will be interesting to see if only because um, Sarah Jeffrey is not a redhead 
Well, they, I think they're going to make her a redhead, maybe. I feel like they're going to. I mean, gonna... sure, sure, surely they yeah. must, right? That's such a... I mean, they're going da- to give Velma glasses. They're going to make Daphne a redhead. I think those two things are going to happen. But, uh, I mean, the thing I'd like to talk about, if we can pivot from the characters to the way the characters are being set up based on this little premise that we've heard, um, it, they're, they're starting out as friends online which doesn't feel like the way that I would have set up them becoming friends. The fact that they're friends when the series seems to begin. Or not the series, but the movie. How, how, would, you have, uh, how would you have established that? I think it's that Daphne shows up at the... just transfers over to her school. And maybe Daphne's already kind of known for being an online blogger or something like that, or uh, having a, a video blogger. Um, but they become friends once they're at the school, because I feel like there's normally a power dynamic or a, or a power disparity status disparity, excuse me, where Daphne comes in as the cool kid, Velma is not the cool kid, but they find they have common ground in their desire to solve mysteries. I actually think, I, I, I see what you're saying, and, and you know, like, I, I I don't think you're wrong. You acknowledge that I'm brilliant and write about almost mm. everything, but maybe not in this case. I Maybe not in this one specific case. Okay, what's up? Uh, I think that in what would be an interesting... Um, take on the power disparity is if Daphne shows up and she's very like popular blah 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 at her old school she was like I don't know I'm not gonna like I feel like cheer- the whole cheerleader thing is played out but she arrives at this new school and and Velma's the one who like thrives there because it's like you know it's like a nerdy it's uh, what is it it's, it's a school full of like high-tech gadgetry hmm. so all of a sudden Daphne is the one who's on the outs and Velma needs to sort of like help her acclimate to this new ah, environment. Interesting. I thought you were going to go a different direction where they're both friends online and online they're equal and they're the same and Velma assumes that Daphne is just like her and kind of bookish and kind of keeps to herself and then when Daphne actually shows up at her school it turns out Daphne's popular and Velma has to come to terms with that. Um, I, I do think that that has strains of brilliance to it. Uh, I, and I, I, I also think that that's it's not un- probably what's going to. It's happen. not unlikely that that's like the actual case. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it is just interesting that they're setting them up as online friends from the start. But I do get that they they seem to want to give the the plot a jump start. Them becoming friends and hashing out who are you, who are you, we don't know each other. That can take a little bit of time in a movie where, well, actually, I don't know how we're going to fill an hour and a half with one mystery as it is. This is going to feel like a, a full length Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, I guess. I guess before we get to the mystery, we should briefly discuss the fact that this is this is Velma and Daphne and and they say it pretty explicitly like in the thing like before they meet the rest of Mystery Incorporated and some people were surmising online that like oh well like well, well Fred maybe be in the movie but no like the synopsis says before they meet the rest of the gang D- to me it implies to the point of almost outright stating that at the end of the movie they meet the rest of the gang like, I feel like the movie, they've already solved the mystery. They're now, like, going for a walk in the park. Like, uh, a Frisbee, like, bonks Velma in the back of the head, and Scooby runs up. And then, like, Fred and Shaggy, like, run up after, like, oh, sorry about that. And then, it like, we pan out, like, drone shot zooms up ab- from above. Oh, I hear you girls are the ones that solved that mystery. That's amazing. I would have done the trap this way, though. Um, but, I like, to me, it's almost almost dictated by what we know so far that they meet the rest of the gang at the very end of the movie what do you think so so you see this as being the setup to a full scooby-doo movie basically yeah i 
I see this as like the Iron Man long before uh, the Marvel, the Avengers: Infinity War. We're gonna you have. You don't. You don't think that they're gonna do. Um standalones for each character you know what i think they will i was wrong they're not gonna have shaggy and fred and uh, scooby show up at the end phil colson shows up at the end and gives them a card <laughs> to, like a, a very flowery green and orange hippie colored card and he says we're assembling a team so let's let's spitball if we were doing solo movies or standalone movies for the rest of the gang would it be one Fred and then one Shaggy and Scooby? I think if we were going to do solos, we'd do a solo one for each person. As we have it set up now, it's either Daphne and Velma get their movie, then we have another movie for Shaggy and Fred, and another movie for Scooby, or one more movie for Scooby, Shaggy, and Fred. Although I think what's really going to happen is that there's going to be no movie for Scooby, Shaggy, and Fred, and it'll just be a group movie that comes next. And frankly, I'm okay with that. I don't think we need to give the other guys that weighted time. I mean, they've had plenty of time in the limelight. Oh, oh, but the but the women are, get get a whole movie to themselves? <laughs> and the men don't? That doesn't seem very fair it, it to does, me. You know, it does kind of rankle me a little bit. Kind of like that all-female Ghostbusters. It's like, hey, when are the men going to get their Ghostbusters already? I just... Ugh, I was going to say some really unpleasant... <laughs> really red pill stuff. Yeah. You can't, you can't give, like, you can't give women proton packs, because, you know, that time of the month rolls around, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I was about to make some really like, gross jokes, too, off of that. Men, like, meninists are the worst. Yeah, truly. Uh, every, and every time I try and say, like, uh, men's rights are terrible, and then I'm like, but there are a couple of issues, I'm like, oh, man, I can't even, ew. Every time, every time you try to defend men's rights... I have to hold myself from back openly and be mind. like, Luke is one of your best friends, and he's not going to say anything truly yeah, horrible. Luke is not going to state a heartfelt opinion that's going to be truly bad. Luke says terrible stuff all the time, but you know he doesn't really mean it. Man, I'm a bad person. Jesus, <laughs> Luis. Um, uh, but that, that's my take, is I think if there is another movie, probably it's going to be Scooby, Shaggy, and Fred all together. But... Uh, without uh, Velma and Daphne. But I do think that if they're, when the next one comes out, it's the group all together. We're not taking time separately to show Shaggy, uh, Fred, and Scoob. But what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly do think that this is intended to be a setup. Because you would never do, like... When, when you sort of do the origin story of a character, um, especially characters who are part of a larger group, it's never meant to just be that and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, imagine a movie that's all Batman, all Bruce Wayne's parents being shot outside the movie theater. That's how it ends. You, uh, yeah, for this kind of origin, it feels like it's leading somewhere. But it is, it is interesting. Just the whole idea that like this is um, blonde, what, blondie girl productions, um, and their their focus, which I think is like commendable and like I, it, it's pretty cool. Their focus is on like uh, stories. Or, or films, narratives about and featuring women. Yeah, it's needed in this day and age. So so the idea that, like, they're not going to go to the same production company for their next Scooby-Doo movie. I, at least I, I wouldn't think so. You know, that's a, that's a really good point on the meta aspect of this, which studio does it next. But then again, you know, to continue with the Marvels, uh, uh, Marvel, well, I guess that's more director than studio. It's the same studio that does it every time, right? Yeah, if you think about all of the shared like universe stuff, it's all like the same 
Yeah, it's all the same studio. It's the same like people who are kind of like uh, putting all the stuff yeah. together. So, but what if? Because because I'm imagining in the next movie, even if it is the whole group all together, it kind of sw- the the focus swings a little bit over to the men to fill in what we missed, what we didn't see in the initial movie. But what if Daphne and Velma remain the protagonists? in the next movie. Like, they're, they're still the main They're characters. still the main focus, and so, in that sense, it stays with Blondie Girl Productions, because even though the guys are added, I mean, there's going to be guys in the movie already, I assume. This isn't an all-girls academy. Yeah. Can you can you imagine, like, using Avengers as an example, as an example, if... It was all about Scarlet Witch, <laughs> or... or... Yeah, or, like, if, if in the first Avengers, like, Hawkeye and Black Widow yeah. got, like as much screen time as, like, the Avengers you actually cared about. Yeah, we're just, like, Widow and Colby Smulders, or whatever her, her on-screen name is. Uh, Maria Hill. Maria Hill. So forgettable. Um, but, yeah, like, if they had had a primary a primacy in the movie, it's unimaginable to me. Just because Avengers and Marvel in general has such a heavy dude-weighted cast and, like, screen editing thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I do think... That that is really really interesting. Just like we've established the women, and they're the ones that like we care about just f- right from the get go. So why would we why would we like pivot hard away from? Why would we shine the spotlight away from them when that's what audiences will be used to? I think to to use Wonder Woman as a uh, as a point of comparison, it's kind of like Steve Taylor and Wonder Woman. It's uh, he's still important. He's still part of the story, but it's not his story. Uh yes, uh Steve Taylor. American singer, songwriter, record producer, music executive, filmmaker, and actor. What's his actual name? It's Steve Trevor. Trevor. Ugh. Steve Taylor. I can't can't get Newsboys out of my head. Sorry, man. He produced some of their best albums. Did he really? Yeah. He he wrote like classic Newsboys, the stuff that got Newsboys big. That was Steve Taylor. And uh, and yeah. Also, fun fact: Steve Taylor was woken up on a beach by Wonder Woman once in a blue moon. So. I think, oh, what do we talk about next? Uh, we can talk about... I'm wondering... Okay, so here's the thought. Scooby and Shaggy are a unit. Like, they're inseparable. When Like, they, they are best buds in a way that they're closer to each other than any other members of the gang they're close to. Um, Fred and Daphne have always kind of been a little bit of a unit, which always left Velma on the outs. Um, I do think it's fantastic that they're making Velma and Daphne kind of a unit in this first movie, because, I mean, it makes sense that they'd relate to each other in a way that they can't relate to the guys. M- making them friends is, unpre- is unprecedented, I think. It, unbelievably unprecedented because it's so obvious. Um, but my question, like, I think it's great, again, that they're making them a friendship unit. Scooby and Shaggy are going to continue. Is, do you think when we see the guys, Scooby and Shaggy are going to continue to be a unit and therefore Fred will be on the outs? Or will Scooby, Shaggy, and Fred now be a unit such that Scooby and Shaggy... Uh, Shaggy and Fred have perhaps almost the same friendship with Scooby. My thinking would be that Scooby and Shaggy and Fred all are they Scooby and Shaggy are sorry. Shaggy and Fred are friends and do have that similar friendship. Um but the but the way that um everything ties together is there are a lot of like different overlaps, right? So it's like um Velma and Daphne are like very good friends. They met online, blah blah blah. Um, Scooby and Shaggy, obviously, they they're an inseparable duo. Uh, Fred and Shaggy are uh, buds somehow. We don't know how. Um, and then the romantic interest between 
Fred and Daphne, presumably. Presumably, I was um, going to say that's a that's an assumption right there. Pres- presumably, I have no idea, and and so it is. It is just like this group that exists because of a series of overlaps, which I think is true about, uh, like friend friend groups in general. I, I think so too, and I think even uh, even withholding any kind of romantic interests between members of the group, I think Scooby is the glue that brings the guys and the girls together. Hmm. Yeah. I I think again, like I. I would put a little bit of money on the fact that at the end of this movie, uh, Scooby like runs up to Daphne and Velma, and then the guys follow, and Scooby kind of like breaks the ice. Um, yeah, that's. That... I don't. I don't know if we'll see the guys on screen, just because of like casting or whatever. And and um, but I do think that they're they're going to strongly hint at. Uh, whatever comes next yeah without a doubt you know you, you, that's a good point mm-hmm. um i i did want to talk about the mystery but i think that a good segue from here because we're talking about sort of like romantic interests like fred daphne that sort of thing yeah we gotta talk about this if, if you type in uh velma daphne live action movie or whatever into google a number of the articles that pop up are some of like the fan reactions and a lot of people saying that they their hope and ultimate desire for this film is that the two protagonists be in a romantic relationship with one another. Wow. Hmm. I, I see that as very unlikely. And I don't say that saying I hope it doesn't happen. I just see it as very unlikely to happen. Um, kind of like, uh, like if you see someone like... Uh, it's unlikely in the way that uh, I would see it as unlikely that they would cast that they would make a movie just about Daphne and Velma and cast women of color in both roles. It's more progressive than I see, I'm see. i guessing the studio is willing to be on multiple fronts. This is just a headline that I read on a sidebar of some site, and I read it, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to read the rest of this article because the headline like speaks for itself. And it was basically like, it, be, it boiled down to um, all Hollywood decisions... Are made out of fear fear or greed but hey, hey i mean that's all business decisions i mean but really it's a fear the fear is that like they won't make as much money <laughs> like yeah. it's uh and, and yeah i i do think that if you had like a, a lesbian relationship at the core of this like decades old franchise people would be like ah you my my childhood people would be up in arms about it yeah and and just uh, like scooby-doo okay i'm gonna say some stuff scooby-doo is a family-friendly property now same sex relationships should be seen as family friendly anybody who doesn't see them that way change your mind about that but i think the studio is going to play it safe and is going to try and make it possible for people who do have those beliefs to watch this movie without getting indignant um, I, I would see it as likely that we will see some kind of same-sex relationships portrayed in this movie, but not between the main characters, because they're going to want to make it possible for people to ignore that if they want to. I, I do think that there's there are two reasons. Well, I mean, there are a number of reasons that they won't do it. Um, so, like, one of the big, big ones is just, like, like you are saying, just, like, not wanting to alienate people. But I don't, I don't think it's so much just, like, alienating people who aren't down with, like, LGBT plus relationships being portrayed on screen i do okay. think that there's the added element of people wanting the creators to stick close to the source material yeah you're probably right on some of that too yeah and it, it would preclude the possibility of 
really romance between the ladies and the men, which I think is something that a lot of people kind of hope and hunger for, especially in the live-action films. Although, you know, they could be bi. There's nothing nothing saying they can't. No, it, it's true, right? And, and you um, know what? Like, that kind of, like, ultra-hot-under-the-collar Scooby-Doo movie where everybody's into everybody, everyone is bisexual. <laughs> everyone, Scooby, like, no, excuse me, not Scooby, everyone but Scooby is, uh, but, like, Shaggy's into Fred, who's into Velma and Daphne and Shaggy, and it's just like this, uh, a love, not a love triangle, a love um, tesseract, if you will. Yes, because mm-hmm, because there's, there's another dimension. There's a, a whole other dimension to it. Yeah, I, I just, like, someone, like, someone, like, scares them, and they're all, like, frantically, like, reaching for each other's hands. <laughs> oh, man, it... It it uh, starts towing towards orgy territory quick. Yeah, I, I, I try not to king shame. Um, do you think? Like, do you think? Oh, my stomach feels really bad. Sorry. Don't stop imagining the same sex relationships, Evan. I know what it does to you. Okay. Enough. <laughs> no, you know, and we're not gonna we're not gonna go into like my personal like perspectives on like uh, polyamory. Um, let's talk about the mystery. Let's talk about Tobias Bloom. Let's let's talk about the mystery. Tobias Bloom. Yeah, they, just on that premise alone, it's like, so when do we find out that Tobias is the villain? It's not a matter of if, it's when. Then again, 2002 Scooby-Doo Mystery Island, um, or Monster Island? It's literally just called, it was either Scooby-Doo or the Scooby-Doo movie. The Scooby-Doo, like, Those okay. are the only two titles. Gotcha. I'm just way off base. But there... All I'll say is that the villain took me by deep surprise. Um, it was, they could it do was the a great year. swerve. An incredible um, swerve. I'm glad that you brought that up, because there are, I mean, there are similarities between the two premises. You know that kids are disappearing, and then they're reappearing, but they are, uh, yeah, they, they, don't, they have different personalities. You're right, that is very similar. It, it's that kind of thing, it's, it's so big scale, it's kind of like, how is this not a big deal anywhere else? But we suspend a lot of disbelief with Scooby-Doo, so I'm not saying that's that breaks the movie. Uh, speaking of the suspension of disbelief, I do want to talk about, or I guess ask the question, of whether or not classic Scooby-Doo mysteries, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like work with a contemporary audience. Huh. I mean... I... Just, just the whole, like, oh, it's, it's a scary person, and we're, like, scared, we're gonna run away. Um... You know, you know, our society's like very jaded. Yeah, and it's... I, I don't know, maybe we don't live in a society anymore where we imagine people in, like, humanoid beast outfits running around and scaring folks. And we don't imagine that we'd run away. I mean, there was the whole, like, clown scare thing that happened a year or two ago now. Really scary, actually. Really scary. So if we think of it in that sense, yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I think this was always imagined out of nothing. Right? It's not... There, there were never a, a slew of villains dressing up as monsters that prompted the creation of Scooby-Doo. Hey, we need to we need to create some art based on these current happenings for posterity. I, I mean, the reason, the reason I ask that or, or I, I, I posit that is because when I think about, like, at least the live-action... Like, the, the live-action movies that went to the big screen, hmm. they seem to be steering away from that whole just like oh we're gonna unmask him old man jenkins yeah kind of kind of idea I, okay i i agree with you that it doesn't really work on the big screen but i think the reason is just the the, the format length a movie that's 122 
122 minutes, hour and 22 minutes long. You can't really have old man Jenkins be the guy running around in the monster outfit. It has to be something bigger. We have to have a sense of scale and a, and a really some big stakes at play. Um, and and for that, you need a lot of people to be victims potentially, and you need a big scheme. And it often in these kind of movies, a lot of technology comes into play or, or actual magic. Whereas I think a modern 22-minute Scooby-Doo episode could easily have somebody running around in a monster outfit. Although, if you're trying to get some cross-demographic appeal, get some adults into it too, I guess it can't be the same thing every time like that. And this might be too outside the box or whatever, but you would think that Mm -hmm. one way of justifying like, oh, these are teens and they're monsters and, you know, they interact in some fashion uh, would be that... Uh, they go more of like a 13 ghosts route. And there is real magic. And there's real magic. And yeah, they're, they're teens and they need to like... Be, because, yeah, because I mentioned 13 ghosts and I know that there's another series in which this comes into play. Just the idea that like, oh, supernatural forces are real. It, it's not... But but again, and, and here I am countering myself, that's not what the average person understands Scooby-Doo to be. Yeah, although I'd say when, you, when we go into a Scooby-Doo movie, I think we're open to that and we're ready for it to happen. Um, I think it would be weird to go into a Scooby-Doo movie where that's already the world that's established, but when I think we need to see magic introduced in the world once we're in the theater, and then we'd accept it. Yeah, and, and again, we're not going to... No direct spoilers, but I think something very similar happens in the, the 2002 Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. I, I think in this case, we're... And probably in a lot of the time, we're going to see magic replaced with just yeah, futuristic technology. Here, because it's a school full of geniuses, there are all these gadgets and stuff. So, mm, I feel like the, there's like holograms, holographic monsters that'll be projected around. Like, there's a, there's these ways to make it seem like a real viable threat is in front of you, even though magic doesn't exist. Is it is it weird that I consider that more of a cop-out than it being actual magic? Uh, no, I don't think it's weird. In the interim, when you very le- briefly left and I was just talking to myself, I mean, I was saying... I think that uh, my biggest fear with this movie is just that the technology will come into play too much. And it'll be just like a series of gadgets. Like a whole movie that takes place in the James Bond gearing up room. You know what I mean? That, like, that would it'd make me so angry if someone was like, oh yeah, you know like that smoke or whatever that like trailed behind me as I flew through the air? Uh, nano machines. Oh gosh! <laughs> I I thought whatever you were gonna say, I was gonna be like, actually no, like a little a gas dis- like capsule disperses gas. Nano machines <laughs> is my least favorite. I just realizing at this moment, my least favorite movie trope ever. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. They suck. They're terrible. No, honestly, nano machines are the magic of the modern age. They are. They're just like, oh yeah, look, this is high tech. Um, and you know what? It's essentially magic. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's like, no, it doesn't work this way. It, even if it did, it wouldn't work this Even if it worked, it wouldn't work this way. Ugh, <sighs> boy. But you know what? I would bet that nanomachines are going to come into play in this movie. I'm not happy about it, but I bet it's going to happen. Because it's, because it's a high-tech school. Because it's a high-tech school. There have to be somewhere. In this day and age, almost like any kind of like high-tech premise opens the door to nanomachines. Okay, you know what we have to do? First of all, when this comes out next year, we're definitely going to watch it. And then we're going to do an episode on it. But what I think we should do is we should create a, um, <clears throat> um, uh, what's it called? Velma and Daphne? Or Daphne and Velma, sorry. Yeah. 
Or I guess I don't know. Um, a Daphne and Velma bingo card. Hmm. We need to do... Oh, we can distribute that to anyone else who wants to see the movie. Yeah, and, and we'll put it on our website. And we'll make it easily accessible. And then we'll, you know, I'll try to share it yeah. more before the movie comes out. But, like, I think Nanomachines is one square. Um, oh, yeah. I think another square is... What's the word? Is it queer baiting? I, I don't think that's the correct term. But just sort hinting of like... Hinting that the two of them are romantic. Hinting. Roman- hinting. Yeah. Just, like, sort of, like, pr- spark, you know, like... Uh, stoking the flames, but but just barely. Just so fans will be like, oh, but maybe. I think the the free square in the middle is we see Scooby. Okay, I think the I think the free square is that. I don't even know if we'll see Scooby. I think it might even just be like a bark off screen, like off camera. Yeah, oh, it's even so. I feel like it costs them nothing aside from a small CGI budget, and they're going high tech enough with the premise that they're gonna have it um, to to animate Scooby in there. Uh, I feel like they, it'd be silly not to. But a bark off screen, and then like they look, and that's the end of the movie. I'll, I'll hand it to you. That is brilliant. I love that. Audiences know. Yeah, they're playing to our expectations. Yeah, because audiences know. I just. It's uh, let's so do weird. ten minutes. Like, let's. How long do we want to go with this? Because I know that we still have to do outro. Ten more minutes. Okay, so. One thing that I find really interesting about just the title, which again I believe is, um, I believe it's just the working title, Daphne and Velma, is how it has no direct ties to Scooby Doo. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's sort of like the the Logan, of um, I guess <laughs> Hanna Barbera like live action adaptations. I, I guess, but if Logan came first, again the, the thing that I keep hanging on is this is before Mystery Inc. So. It's leading up to Mystery Inc. It's to me, it's necessarily setting up Mystery Inc. They're wasting the premise if they don't lead into that. I, I just can't imagine them not leading into a, the full gang with this movie. In, in another world, in another world, this movie is titled um, Mystery Inc. Origins: Colin, Daphne, and Velma. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it could very well be titled that. Ultimately, as you said, it's just a working title, Daphne and Velma. I feel like there's a Velma and Luis kind of joke that could be oh. could be made there because it's that kind of like I don't know. I, I I'm just really scared about the technology aspect, um, and I'm hopeful that Bloom is not ultimately going to be the villain and that there's going to be some good red herrings. I feel like there are going to be two squares, and one square is Bloom is the villain, and another square is Bloom is like the red herring. <laughs> I think I think there's going to be yeah. Um, of course Bloom was the villain, and of course Bloom was the red herring, are two squares that we'd have on opposite sides of the bingo sheet. Yeah. Let's see what else we can fill in on the bingo sheet as we talk out maybe one or two more topics. I, I gotta say, on this article I'm reading, it, it mentions uh, they want to reboot the Scooby-Doo franchise as a live-action film focusing on Daphne Blake, Parentheses the redhead and Velma Dinkley. Parentheses the brainy one with glasses. I'm a little offended they Are had you to serious? say that. Yeah, Conbini.com. Get it together. This article is for fans. Yeah, you should just read the Variety article. It's professional. They have. Standards. I don't know. Conbini is the only one I trust. <clears throat> Conbini is the Fox News of Scooby-Doo media. Okay, you know what? It actually it's upsetting to me to think that this news, this announcement or whatever, that there's going to be a Velma and Daphne movie. Daphne and Velma, sorry, is the kind of thing that they would lambast on Fox. Oh, you know it is. War on Scooby-Doo is what they would call it. 
They're just gonna be like, what about Fr- what about Fred? What about Shaggy? And you're n- where where are all the men? You know the lamestream liberal media is pressuring them to make these two kiss and stuff too. I hate. Oh, okay. The lamestream media. Lamestream liberal media is <laughs> anything that's followed up by that you can ignore. I think. Oh, were we gonna talk anything more about the the premise or the mystery that we're looking? Okay. Oh, here's my question. Do you think we're gonna have any classic Scooby Doo gags or tropes in this movie? I mean, is I feel like I feel like they have to. I feel like they have to have Velma be like, "My glasses. I can't see without my glasses." We're gonna have to have that. But Daphne, all Daphne has is being caught. Oh, yeah. And they, they did good things with that in the 2002 movie with her being caught and with them giving her some power and some agency within and over that um, fact that that keeps happening. I, I'm, I'm guessing they'll do something similar here. But those are really the main two things that they have outside of ways that they interact with the rest of the gang. What I'm curious on, are they going to have the corridor scene? or, or they, I mean, they must have the unmasking. Yeah, they have to have an unmasking. It's, it's tough because they're part of an ensemble cast and even as a part of that ensemble, they don't have a lot that's, like, explicitly theirs. Yeah, and, and they can't really do a lot of the stuff that the other cast can. Not even saying, I mean, just given the kind of movie this is going to be, not to say that they can't because they're women. I mean, can you imagine Velma is scared so her teeth start chattering uncontrollably, so Daphne clamps her hands down on Velma's head, and then Daphne's knees start knocking uncontrollably. Like, this is the kind of thing that could never happen with them. Let alone in a live-action movie. But weirdly, it works when one of those people is a dog. And the other is Matthew Lillard. Like, live-action, he can make it work, but that's... Because I think that's who Shaggy is and how Matthew Lillard plays him. I don't think that's going to happen here. It's, you know, it... I guess my question is where the comedy comes from, if this is going to have some comedy in it. It's really, really tough. And it's hard to imagine another ensemble cast that you could just take two characters out of and focus solely on them. Yeah, I mean, even Scooby and Shaggy, I can't really imagine it working well. Maybe because um, Get a Clue Scooby-Doo is fresh in my mind, and that's forever poisoned the idea of Scooby and Shaggy having their own mysteries or adventures. Well, I think that's about everything we were hoping to cover on this. All that to say, we're going to keep you beloved listeners updated on when this is coming out. We're going to get that bingo card ready for you. Count on it. And uh, we'll give you more updates as we see fit. Yeah, we're probably not going to devote another full episode to just uh, to, to news about this, but we'll you know we'll mention it in the outro or, or something like that. We'll j- just uh, just to keep everyone abreast of the situation. Abreast because they're women. Nice, Evan. Real classy. Of men, you. Al- men also have breasts. You realize this? What? <laughs> Listeners, um, this is sort of like an impromptu uh, thing that we're doing. Uh, which means that the intro and outro are recorded as part of the episode itself. Uh, did you not like? Did you not like my send news bit at the <laughs> beginning? Because I feel like you really skimmed over it. It it was okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I recognize I should either if I find it funny, I should give you that credit, and if I don't, I should roast you hard for it. And I, I didn't I do either of those you. things. You <laughs> you you put it. It was in this weird middle ground where you skimmed past it. So I'm just like. <laughs> Oh, okay. I couldn't. I couldn't think of much to say about it because I thought we weren't going to call it Scooby News, and so it, it caught me very off guard. I, um, we, you're right. I that I did not have to say, but but like the my main joke, my main bit was going to be like send news, and we do. We we always send news. 
Wait, now I don't. Now I don't know if I got the joke. Wait, what is send news? Oh, like you know how people are like, oh, like send nudes. Oh, see, sorry, that's I didn't get that. I because we I I joked that we were gonna call this episode Scooby News, and send news, send nudes. I I get that now, but I'm I misunderstood that. So yeah, like you can just imagine our listeners. Uh, look of look of pleasure when they they pick up their phone and they see that we the Scooby Dudes we've sent them news. Sent them news. Okay. It's a ha 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 ha. So so funny, Evan. Ha. All right, we're in the outro. Okay, let's just. All right, so dear listeners, there's a couple of places that you can send your news to for us. We'd really appreciate it. Um, for one thing, the best portal for your news, ScoobyDudes.com. We got the website. Yeah, we, we bought that URL, hosting, whatever. Uh, check it out. This won't have uh, the traditional show notes, um, but it will have some other stuff. Um, yes. It'll have some. Visit us there for this and all of our other episodes, as well as Evan indicated. We do show notes for just about every episode, or Evan does show notes for just about every episode. So you can get additional facts, links, some cool deets. Just go to ScoobyDudes.com and check it out. Yeah, for recap episodes, uh, we also have screenshots that we caption, and which are quite funny, in my, in my opinion. Very funny. Um, other places you can follow up with us. I'm just going to breeze through them real quick. Twitter. We are we are at the Scooby Dudes on Twitter. Facebook. Simply Scooby Dudes. Just search it out. Uh, if you want to send us an email, it says it on the website, but Scooby Dudes Podcast at gmail.com is the one to use. Um, those are pretty much all our social media presences. Uh, if you want to be a supporter of this podcast not just in a <laughs> if you want to keep abreast and support us bra you can go to patreon.com slash scooby dudes <laughs> to contribute yeah what i was gonna say is if you yeah if you want to contribute in more than just a oh keep it up you guys if you want to like actually like put your money where your mouth is patreon.com slash scooby dudes is the place to do it. I have been scheduling content. I am on top of that, uh, scheduling stuff into the new year. Um, and there are some surprises uh, coming up that I think that people may or may not enjoy, but they're there. <laughs> yeah, for instance, uh, Evan has prompted me to write some of my classic Luke jokes. Luke's finest, I believe we're calling them. I write them. Evan does some great editing work on them. And uh, I'd love for everyone to get to read and enjoy them. Yeah, I think what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to... Uh, you can put kind of like expiration dates on some posts so that Ooh, they're a- available to patrons uh, for only, and then eventually they sort of like time out and then everyone can see them. And I might mm-hmm. be doing that, not to all of them, obviously, but just to a few, just to let people see like what it is that we that we do. Um, lastly, lastly... Uh, oh, sorry, real quick. Um, if you donate to us on Patreon, not only will you get access to all these cool things that we just mentioned... But we'll shout you out on the air. We'll tell you our appreciation verbally, on air. We'll record it. Um, in fact, we won't just do it the first time you donate, but we'll do it every single week after. We will speak your name. What other podcast can say that? That that they say the names of their supporters every single episode? I genuinely can't think of one, uh, let alone one that does it with so much care and... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, just, and, and just loving uh, doting as we do. So here are our beloved donors. Thank you all for uh, yet another uh, month's donations. Okay, so I'm, once again, I'm flagging. I'm on my last legs right now. Uh, But there's one final thing that we want to do just to close out this episode. 
Um, if you leave us reviews on iTunes, and if these reviews are five stars, we will, or rather I will, read them on the air. And I will listen to them on the air. So keep that in mind, like whatever you say, it could be something that Evan might say to Luke, something you'd want Evan to say to Luke, and you can dictate that right now. Not right now, but like for next week if you write a review real quick. Um, and I think that sounds like that's what's about to happen. Did we get a review on iTunes that gave us five stars? We did. Uh, and I actually signed up for a service that will email me reviews that we get, which is very useful. Is this um, just for, like, German iTunes, or is it, like, American and Canadian iTunes? So what I had been doing was I had been checking America and Canada, and that's it, because there are a lot of countries, and I don't have that much time. Uh, but this service will apparently email you reviews from every iTunes. Um, so, so listeners who are not in North America, you now have nothing to worry about, to be afraid of. I, uh, when it comes to me not catching it, I will catch it because of this handy-dandy email service. Heck um, yeah called my podcast reviews so just google that i just give them a little blurb because they did me a solid okay so i'm gonna read and if you write my podcast reviews uh a five-star review on itunes we will read it live on air is that what we're saying no i'm sorry i misunderstood just use the service i'm gonna read this review and then i'm gonna go okay we received this review on november 7th so we're a little we're a little late uh but again i didn't know that this was here um, it, it is five stars. Uh, it is by someone, uh, B-R-Y-X-M. Brixham. Brix- Brixham from the UK. So this is a UK, this is a British review. I will not be af- affecting the accent. Uh, it, the review is simply titled, Love It. Mm. Um, and the review itself is, as someone who loves Scooby-Doo, I think this is the best podcast to get an insight into such a great series. And then there's a smiley face. I think it's like the colon capital D. Oh, open mouth smiley face. Yeah, I, I, which I like. Uh, so uh, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for this review. Uh, my apologies for taking so long to read it on the air. Uh, I was not aware that it existed. I'm very grateful for your review. Thank you kindly. Dear madam or kind sir. You, I thought you were going to do like the... Uh, oh. The, the, <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> who who did you say doesn't like that? Your wife, like your wife. <laughs> My wife doesn't like that when both me and her brother do it at the same time. Can you imagine what it's gonna be like when you, Gord, like her Gordon, her your brother in law, and, and me all do it at the same time? Oh man, my my favorite, our favorite thing to do to her is when she would call, like, because I used to live with her brother. We were roommates. That's how I met my wife. Uh, she would, like, call one of us, and then we'd both get on the phone, me and Gordon, and we go, hello? 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 And we, he and I would trade back and forth, so she couldn't tell whether she was talking to her brother or her boyfriend. And it, it drove her crazy. I still love doing that, and I'd love to rope you in on it. <laughs> I'm hearing a no from the other You don't room. think that you were creating any sort of weird conflicting emotions in her to hear to hear I her know bre- what it was that's what it was <sighs> oh maybe that maybe that part gets cut um but oh oh thank you for your review <laughs> you know what honestly part of why I think it's so funny is because that is because of how much it sounds like the elephant in Bedlam in the Big Top <laughs> I know that I figure that's what prompted it for you 
Indeed, good sir. Jolly good. Thanks for that review. <laughs> you know, you know, have you ever heard like a like a British or Australian person uh, like do a, a an American or North American accent? Uh, I I believe it's been a while, but but I have heard that before. It's yeah. one of my favorite things in the world. Is, is it because hearing... they're bad at it? It's just interesting. Or, or you mean specifically when they're bad at it? I like I like when they try it and they're not very good. Bad or good? Like I saw we talked about the Newsboys a little bit. I saw a clip of the Newsboys in concert where Peter Furler tried to do a Californian accent. I think all it was was him saying California in an American accent, and it was, like, mind-blowing. I mean, you and I, as, like, Western North Americans, we hear our folks doing British accents all the time. Right. That's, that's like, one of the first accents you learn to do and one of the last accents that's still okay to do. Um, But the converse of that we never hear, and I find it fascinating. So, thank you for joining us for another episode of Scooby-Doods. Join us again next week. That's how all British people sound, right? Yeah, all all of them. There are that no was my Michael Caine. dialectical differences. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I yeah. I miss I miss when Batman memes were from the Nolan movies. Oh yeah, the the new Batman makes for terrible memes. That's the real crime. He really he really does, right? Like Justice League has come out and been out for a while, right? And I don't see any Justice League memes. And I think that's when you know your movie is a bad movie, when no one's making memes about it. Or when all the memes are about how bad the movie is. You know that it was only top of the box office for one week? I didn't know that. And then Coco beat it out. I keep forgetting that it's come out because, like, no one cares that it's out. Um, Jenny Nicholson tweeted about it, and it was just three words. Justice League bad. Man, she uh, dedicated a lot of time to that. That sounds like a paid plug to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how you know how Marvel and Disney are paying reviewers to uh, to like poorly review DC movies. It sickens me. It, it it sickens me too. How they're making these reviewers might write much better reviews than they would otherwise be inclined to write. Still not nice reviews. Still very scathing reviews. Did you have to put the word hot before garbage here? <laughs> Come on, let's let's go room temp garbage. Can we do room temp garbage?